Welcome to TechCast with Jake. I'm your host, Jake Nonamaker. Today I want to talk about ransomware, what it is, how it affects you, and what you can do to defend yourself against it. So we got a call on our help desk the other day uh, from a client who says that they can't open up any files. So uh, one of the technicians remotes to her computer, and sure enough, when she tries to open up a file, it just shows gobbledygook. It'd be uh, a PDF document or a JPEG. It didn't matter what it was. It would just, uh, when you open it, it just shows a bunch of random characters. So we knew right away that this uh, client clicked on some attachment and got their computer infected with ransomware. Plus there was an alert, uh, or a pop-up I should say, that shows that the um, that it had instructions on how to decrypt the uh, virus or de- decrypt the files after the user pays for the ransom. So what is ransomware? Well, it has a lot. It has a ransomware is, a, is sort of a generic name, but there's a lot of uh, specific virus names that it goes by. There's Reviton, CryptoLocker, CryptoWall, KeyRanger for the Mac OS X, and yes, the Mac is not immune to ransomware. So what it does is the if you get infected with this virus, it encrypts the files on your hard drive, any attached USB hard drives and network drives. And then you'll usually get a notice asking for the ransom, instructions on where to why, um, where to how to get the money to pay the ransom and who to send it to. Usually, the ransom payment method is in Bitcoin, but it could be other methods as well. So, what can you do to defend yourself against getting uh, ransomware and getting your files encrypted and having to pay a ransom to decrypt them? Well, the first step is awareness. Just being aware that this is a thing and listening to a podcast like this is the first step. You know, you should be, uh, usually these uh, ransomware viruses are coming via email, uh, phishing scams or an email attachment. So just be aware and suspicious of any email that you're receiving. If you don't know who it is, you know, uh, be suspicious. Also, if the email is come from someone you do know, you know, make sure that it makes sense, that the email context makes sense. Like if they're, if it's not someone you heard from for a while and they say, hey, here are the photos of my vacation or something like that, you'll know right away to be suspicious and to uh, delete the email. So some of the attachments are going to come as PDF documents or Word uh, attachments. Now, one of the more recent methods of infecting uh, or delivering the pay- the ransomware uh, virus payload is to uh, include it in a Word macro. So if you receive an email with a Word document and you open it up and there'll be a button at the top that says click here to activate the macros, you know, to or activate the content. So right away, uh, you know, you should be suspicious because that is uh, how you're going to infect your computer with the ransomware virus. The virus writers even include instructions in the Word document on how to activate the virus, which you know, they don't call it that. They say, here's how you activate the content. Or if you want to view the content of this Word document, these are the steps you need to, to do in order to read the content. So by default, 
you know, Microsoft Word macros are disabled. What a macro is, it's it's the wor- scripting language in Microsoft Word. So you can write, uh, you know, it's a normal tool that you can use to write uh, things like, you know, maybe you want to ma- uh, write a mail merge or, you know, make some, um, take some content some uh, from a data, from a database and include it into a Word document, maybe like a form letter or something like that or to automate any kind of task. So the the Microsoft Word macro feature is a legitimate feature of Word, but these virus writers are using it to deliver this ransomware, this crypto virus onto your computer. So if you do get a Word document, Chances are you're not uh, the people that you know aren't using macros. And if there's a button that says activate, click this button to activate the content. Do not click it. Okay, this another way to defend yourself against these crypto viruses is to back up your data. Now, when I say back up your data, I mean just not copy it onto a USB hard drive or a network drive. That's not backing up your data because if this um, virus attacks your computer, it's going to not only encrypt the data that's on your hard drive, but it'll also go to the USB hard drives and the network hard drives and encrypt those files as well. So if all you're doing is copying the data from drive uh, C to a network drive, for instance, or a USB drive, it's not doing you any good. That's not a proper backup. A proper backup is using a program like backup, you know, semantic backup exec. Actually, I think it's Veritas backup exec now. And what it will do is compress the data and it will uh, into a single file. And that is not going to be touched by this crypto virus. Another thing to be aware of is if you're using a file sharing uh, s- service like Dropbox or one of those, it's going to encrypt the data on your local computer and it's going to copy it up to the cloud into Dropbox or whatever service you're using. So that data is going to be encrypted as well. And getting that restored to its normal state is going to be very, very difficult. So what you do need is a proper backup system. Uh, some of these USB hard drives, if you're a smaller office or a small a home user, you can get a USB hard drive and that includes backup software or you can even use the Windows Uh, utility, backup utility that's included in Windows 7, Windows 8, Windows 10. So the other uh, things you do to defend yourself against these crypto viruses to have proper virus protection and uh, keep it up to date, you know, um, which usually includes uh, a paid subscription to a service um, which will update your virus definitions. A lot of people make the mistake is when they buy a computer, they'll pay, um, you know, maybe they'll get like a 90 day trial or a one year trial and or they'll pay for the initial year, but they don't pay for the subsequent years. So your viruses get a virus database gets out of date and then you can get a virus. So the fourth thing you could do to defend yourself is make sure that your Windows patches are up to date. Make sure that. Uh, you're updating all your Windows patches, but not only Windows patches, also the um, Office, Microsoft Office patches, you know, Adobe Reader, Flash, Java, all your browsers if you're using Chrome, Firefox, you know, make sure that those are all kept up to date. And a lot of this, uh, a lot of the times what you're going to have to do is go manually into Windows 
and I recommend doing this once a week, uh, go to the Windows control panel or you know go to Windows Update on your PC and make sure that it's getting up to date. If you're using a Mac, make sure that you're installing those updates. That's in the About This Mac uh, feature in the Finder. So keep your patches up to date. Uh, be serious about that because that's uh, a lot of these uh, virus writers. They are targeting out-of-date software, whether it's in Flash or Adobe Reader or even your, you know, just your operating system or your browser. That's how they're targeting people. So what do you do if your files do get encrypted? Well, the number one thing you want to be able to do is restore from backup. And that is the preferred method. If you have a good backup, you can recover very quickly from a cryptovirus infection just by restoring from the latest backup. Now, uh, be aware that uh, sometimes your backup gets overwritten. So if you only have one copy of your backup on a USB hard drive and you don't discover that you've been infected with the cryptovirus, you know, for a day and you're backing up daily, it could be that you, uh, your backup could be overwritten with the encrypted files. So, you know, be sure that you have maybe a series of backups or something. Uh, you know, same thing if you're using a file sharing service. Uh, a lot of times they will hold like only maybe two weeks of backups. So if you do a restore, you got to do it within that window because you don't want to restore or you know, or go to your file sharing service or your your cloud backup service and find out that you know two weeks has passed and all your good data has been purged and all that's up on the cloud is a, a the encrypted version of your data. So the less preferable method to get your files back is paying the ransom, and I really urge you not to do that because what you're basically doing is you know paying the thieves for encrypting your files, you know, and that's, you know, there's just something unjust about that. Um, so uh, of course, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes you're in that situation where you don't, your backup doesn't work and you do have to pay the ransom and these ransoms usually escalate. Like they give you, um, one price, let's say $500. Uh, if you pay the ransom within a week, uh, after a week, it, the price goes up to $1,000, for example. So there is a timeliness um, element to paying the ransom, but you know that should be your last resort is paying the ransom. So uh, that's a bit about um, ransomware, and uh, you know just be aware that it's out there, and um, you know be suspicious again. Uh, be suspicious of email. Be suspicious of attachments and uh, any links. You know, because um, you know, this a cryptovirus is something you do not want to infect your computer with. It can be very expensive. So as usual, uh, thank you for listening. And please um, subscribe to the podcast and rate it on iTunes. Leave some feedback. I appreciate it. And I hope you have a great day. Oh,